Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to episode 84 of the Leading Learning Podcast. In this episode, we talk with Robin Galt-Winton about a rapidly developing trend that we feel all learning businesses need to know about and from which many could benefit, and that's assessment-based certificates, or ABCs. We'll note before we get to the interview that Robin actually works for our sponsor for this quarter, Castle. Now, Castle is an accomplished full services certification and licensure testing company that also offers its clients a variety of learning solutions capabilities. With an expert team of testing and instructional design professionals and a 30-year history of excellence in its field, Castle understands what it takes to develop and deliver quality learning and certification programs. To find out more about Castle's custom learning solutions, go to leadinglearning.com castle. Related to Castle and the interview with Robin, we'd like to highlight a resource related to assessment-based certificates. It's an article published in the Institute for Credentialing Excellence's quarterly publication, ICE Digest, and the article is titled, An ABC Program Focuses on Training and Assessing Mastery of a Specific Set of Learning Outcomes. Now, that's kind of a hefty title, but the article is basically an assessment-based certificates 101. ABC 101, I guess. And along with this podcast interview, it's a great resource for getting up to speed on ABCs. You can find a link to the article in the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com slash episode 84, or by going to leadinglearning.com slash ABC. Now, Salisa, we've, we've obviously got ABCs on the brain with this episode. So how did your discussion on that topic with Robin Galt-Winton go? Well, she's obviously very knowledgeable uh, on this topic, and so we, you know, we started with the basics and talked about what uh, an assessment-based certificate is, but really then quickly got into the, the scenarios, the, the best situations in which one could make use of ABCs. And I think, as you, know, you already sort of noted at the outset, you know, I think this is an area where there's a lot of opportunity for organizations uh, in the business of lifelong learning. So if you're not um, already aware of what these are, you, know, you definitely want to get up to speed on that. And even if you are aware, I think beginning to think about, does it make sense to offer one of these in your organization? Because I know that, Jeff, you and I are really see um, importance in being able to measure learning and mm-hmm. to be able to say learning is actually happening. And that's really at the, the foundation of what ABCs do. Well, I'm wishing at this point that we had the rights to roll Michael Jackson and the Jackson <laughs> 5 singing ABC, easy as one, two, three, but we don't. So we're going to roll our regular music and head into this interview with Robert. 
Hello out there. I'm Salisa Steele, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast. And today I'm joined by Robin Galt Winton. Robin is a facilitator, a trainer, an instructional designer, and she currently works at Castle, which is a full service certification and licensure testing company. And it also offers a variety of learning solutions and capabilities. And Robin serves as director of learning at Castle, and so she has her hand in all of those great things. Robin, thanks for making time for the Leading Learning Podcast. I am so happy to be here, Salisa. Thanks for um, inviting me. And so since I offered just a a pretty brief taste of of what you do, would you start us off by saying a bit more about your background and and what you do? Sure. So I think you got me pretty well in a nutshell. The only other thing I might add is that I was also a director of performance improvement Mm -hmm. as part of my career path. And sort of each of those skill sets and experiences are support me in my desire to help individuals and organizations, particularly in learning and improving their effectiveness. And so CASEL has been a great extension of that ability to sort of help people look at learning and its impact on others and and creating some tools for them to use to increase that impact. I also really enjoy the creative aspects of my job. I get to problem solve a lot on how to improve things as well as just designing, engaging training. All right. So uh, a creativity junkie then. All right. Yes. <laughs> and that, Now, I know you have experience designing and developing assessment-based certificates. And so that's what I'd really like to focus our, our time on. And But I figure before we get too much further down that path, you know, we should dis- define that key term. You know, what are assessment-based certificates? Or I think they sometimes get called ABCs. They do, um, because assessment-based certificate is a mouthful. So, yeah, sure. Um, At its most basic, an ABC program um, consists of a learning event, and that's designed around sound learning performance objectives. And the learning event can occur in any type of delivery format, so it can be instructor-led classroom or virtual training, self-paced tools like e-learning, blended, etc., Um, Once the person has completed the training, the individual then has to pass an assessment that has been designed to measure whether the learning outcomes were achieved. And the assessments also can be done using different formats. Uh, Sometimes people use online test or paper-based test. Either of those can be proctored or not proctored. Um, And some people might even have uh, their learners actually have to perform the skills that they learned and they are observed and rated. If the person passes the assessment, then they're awarded a certificate that indicates that they met the performance standard. And certificates can be paper or digital, such as a digital badge. And that's it. That's an assessment-based certificate. Well, so, you know, it's interesting because obviously an assessment-based certificate then is one option for sort of um, uh, uh, standing as a a notation of of someone's um, achievement. And and so, you know, where do you see assessment-based certificates um, fitting in, you know, sort of when and how should they be used? And I'm hoping that maybe part of what you can get at is, is, is how they differ from certifications or might work, you know, alongside or instead of certifications. Sure. So let's start with the differences. So certifications as defined in the testing world, which could be different from what those of us from the training uh, world uh, really understood, but as defined in our testing world, certifications use assessments that measure your competency as a professional as they're defined by experts in the field. It's not the mastery of a specific set of learning outcomes that are gained from a single training, such as an ABC. So people pass a certification assessment because of their years of experience and knowledge that they've gained in their professional role. In other words, the knowledge and skills they have already attained. 
Um, so people often recognize certification achievements by those acronyms that come after someone's professional signature, and it does indicate a level of expertise within that profession. Certifications also usually have requirements for maintaining them, such as continued professional development. Uh, ABCs, on the other hand, are used to indicate that a person has achieved additional knowledge or skills in a much more focused area of practice. So, for example, you might have an insurance agent who um, may have received industry certification, but he can also have an ABC that indicates he's got additional knowledge and expertise about long-term care policies, as an example. And like a lot of the podcast audience, most of our clients at Castle, um, they're also primarily involved in trade and professional organizations whose purpose is sort of to standardize and promote excellence in the profession. So how I see ABCs particularly useful there is they're good to offer as continuing education opportunities. For example, ABCs can address gaps that can occur in the industry as it sort of evolves and specialty areas develop. Um, so maybe a trade organization or professional organization offers a certification to sort of indicate professional and standardization in the field, but all fields are progressing and changing and, and people have the need for the continuing education. And so ABCs are a great way to sort of offer that um, assurance that somebody is learning something um, more than what they would get if they just attended a, attended a training and had a certificate of attendance or participation. Right. Well, great. And, you know, let, let's, you mentioned when you were defining assessment based certificates, you know, you sort of talked about how, you know, the assessments can be, you know, online, or they can be paper based, and, and the same can go for certificates, they can be um, digital, or they can be paper based. But, but let's go back to that A of the equation or the assessment piece. Um, you know, how buttoned up do assessments that are part of ABCs need to be? Or is, again, is there sort of a, a range in terms of how um, formal that assessment is? And, and, and I'm thinking in particular about uh, when an organization might care about having, you know, a, a validated or a, a psychometrically sound assessment tool rather than, than just kind of, you know, a more simple survey or, or feedback process. Sure. So one of the things I do want to sort of um, address, and I'll definitely get to the assessment question, is that it is really important that an ABC be grounded in best practices for both the assessment and the training components. And so that ensures that, you know, if you do that, that you're both teaching and measuring effectively so that what learners do afterwards is different than what they could do before the ABC. And um, and so one way to do that is by having an accredited ABC. And so I thought I'd talk about that a little bit because that shapes the assessment even more so than maybe just a psychometric uh, assessment component of it. And so there's two, a couple of organizations that do accreditations for um, ABCs, and that is the um, Institute for Credentialing Excellence, or ICE, or ANSI, the American National Standards Institute, and they're both examples of organizations that can offer accreditation. Um, to earn an accreditation distinction, organizations follow a very established and a much more rigorous process. And gaining this accreditation often clearly signifies that they have met really strict standards, not just for the assessment, but also for the learning component, which can then set it apart from their from the competition. 
organizations who don't want to be accredited because it is a more involved and sort of rigorous process should still follow best practices to create an effective program. And that means that learning events should reflect strong learning performance outcomes that are validated by subject matter experts as to their relevance and accuracy. And then the assessment part should be tied to those same learning outcomes. So in order to do that really effectively, the use of psychometrically sound um, instrument is much more able to demonstrate that linkage. Mm. Psychometricians are really smart. They're trained how to create reliable and validated tests, unlike the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) And this includes determining sort of which test items are performing well. Um, So they look at uh, test questions in different sort of beta audiences and can tell whether or not a test question is actually measuring what it says it will. Um, They also can determine what passing scores should be, all the things that are critical to supporting the real outcomes that people would want from an ABC. And to get back to your other questions about surveys and feedback and what we sort of traditionally used um, in sort of the learning field is they may give us data that someone liked a training, um, which makes the trainer feel good, (laughs) Um, or they believe that they, they can even indicate that they felt like they learned something from it. But this really can't prove it like a validated and a linked assessment can be. Yeah, that's a great point about it. It really, it's not just the learner's uh, uh, intuition that this is going to be useful or help me in my work, or it's going to help me be able to perform this task. It's, oh, I actually can perform this task because this psychometrically sound assessment shows that I can. Exactly. And it does just give, I think, organizations who offer an ABC, um, if they really have sort of followed the best practices, they can really sort of assure that to their memberships or to the people that they're training that, you know, that there's already going to be sort of something certainly understood in what somebody is able to achieve based on just going through that process. And so let's talk about another uh, person or group of people that might be involved in the assessment. I'm thinking of proctors. And so I would love to get your perspective on, on what's the value of proctors, um, you know, for assessments, what kind of role do they play? You know, are they always needed kind of any insight and, and perspective from your end on proctoring assessments? Sure. Sure. So proctored exams are especially useful when there is an increased need for standardization or test security. So this can be especially important if people are learning something where performance and knowledge could lead to bad results for others if it's done poorly. Um, As an organization, you want to be sure people who have your certificate are performing as you taught them, particularly if there is any sort of risk involved in it. And so what a proctored exam does is it ensures that the right person is taking the right exam. So there's a lot of things on the front end in terms of registration and validating your um, identification and that type of thing and making sure that the right exam is being given. Um, The proctor can also really be useful in monitoring the test-taking situation to prevent cheating, which an unproctored test is a lot more difficult to sort of control that. Um, And it also is really useful in keeping people from copying or taking test materials or sharing that with others sort of post-assessment. And so, again, it's particularly useful in sort of those higher-stakes situations um, or if you just want to sort of really ensure, again, I think more um, level of certainty about the ABC program itself. And Proctor's assessments are often a part of an accredited program. So if somebody does choose to go to the accreditation route, chances are they'll probably be leaning them towards more of a proctored sort of environment. Okay, gotcha. And 
you know, now to shift gears just a tiny bit, you know, for, for me personally, I think one of the most interesting things about assessment-based certificates is that they have that potential to to really have the organization can build over time this data that shows that the training is effective. So yes, it might even be, you know, even for the individual learner, it's great to be able to say, oh, look, you know, I, I really can do this. I have the certificate that says so. But that the organization also offering that ABC has, you know, over time, uh, an array of of results data to, to draw on, and they can sort of really say, look, we are making a difference. We're having an impact. So, But I'm curious to know if you're seeing organizations use ABCs to demonstrate learning effectiveness. And I'll maybe tack on to that a, a second question, because just more broadly, you know, what are you seeing sort of savvy organizations doing with assessment-based certificates? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It's just becoming so increasingly important um, for those of us in this sort of professional teaching industry to prove the effectiveness of what we're offering. Um, because unfortunately, there is too many studies out there that indicate that, you know, training is not really delivering the results of sort of this improved workforce that people are expecting. And the difficulty, I think, particularly for this audience, again, is that it can be particularly difficult for trade and professional organizations to demonstrate effectiveness because they sort of have less control over the factors that can improve training effectiveness, like an organization who's sort of teaching their own employees, if you will. And I know there will be some on our podcast who are teaching their own employees and have a little bit more control over this. But I want to talk about how I think ABCs can be particularly helpful for those of us that are sort of um, working with organizations and members that are across a, a broad variety of different organizations where we maybe don't have that sort of individual impact on a um, an employee. And so, um, Internal employees, I think uh, companies can tie their training to strategic goals of the organization, and they can more easily kind of collect those pre- and post-training data to see if it's actually um, making an improvement in sort of the strategic goal. And they can provide follow-up coaching, the kinds of things that we know are, are helpful and somebody really sort of having data that shows it's useful. Um, trade and professional organizations, even though they can't do all of that very easily, still have an obligation to provide training that's effective as possible. So I think an ABC makes that more likely because in its own nature, it quantifies that the individual has demonstrated mastery of the skills and knowledge. So for those of us in the training world who sort of look at Kirkpatrick's level of evaluation, for example, it moves us from a level one, which is sort of satisfaction with the training, to at least a level two that indicates that some learning has occurred because of the training. And I think anytime you can do that, it's really important, particularly when you're working across a broad industry with a lot of people. Um, one of the things that I've personally tried to do, so I don't know that it's um, fully out there yet, and I don't know that it's savvy, but <laughs> one of the things that I personally try to do in my role is to encourage our clients to take their ABCs to that higher evaluation level that does look at behavior and organizational impact. Um, and particularly because a lot of our um, groups have pretty good connections with their membership. And so they can do sort of partnerships to understand the data that um, maybe results within individual organizations so that not only can we say, hey, we've got an ABC and the passing rate is this and this many people have taken it and, and that kind of thing as a, sort of an organization level. We can look at our partner organizations 
organizations to sort of see, is it beginning to make some impact and collect data on sort of a broader level. Um, the other thing that I try to do is to really let clients know that while an assessment is a really great start to increasing, you know, the positive data and learning, we all know that the biggest impact on someone actually using newly learned skills is for them to be reinforced back on the job. And this is, again, sometimes where it's tricky for those of us in trade and professional organizations to sort of impact that um, because that involves coaching and accountability back at individual organizations. But one of the things that I tell our folks is that even if you don't have direct interactions with those supervisors, we can create tools for the supervisors to use that can promote that ongoing use of what was learned in an ABC. So, for example, um, here at Castle, my learning solutions group, we've actually created performance evaluations and coaching tools that are based on the learning objectives of an ABC. And not only does it sort of reinforce learning and professional excellence back on the job, which is studies have shown is much more effective, it can also be an additional product for our clients to sell. So it's kind of a win-win. Mm, nice. Yeah. So you're, it's, it's effective for learning and right, it does have the potential for an additional revenue to, to come into the organization. That's great. Sure. Because, again, I think what we don't want to have happen is that we have a great ABC, and by its very nature, it's already more quantifiable than just a training without an assessment. But this also gives us the impact to say, hey, that's, you know, to really carry this on and to really see the performance and improve the profession like uh, most of our groups want to do. Here's some other tools that organizations can use that really will have much more impact on that individual when they're back. That's great. That's wonderful. So, you know, that's some savvy things to do. I, I do think those count as savvy. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, I'm just curious to know if there are any sort of common mistakes or missteps that, that you see when organizations are designing, developing, rolling out ABCs. I think the biggest mistake that I see is that people don't fully understand the level of expertise that's required to do this well. It isn't a matter of kind of simply putting together a training and writing some test questions like maybe we're sort of used to in the training world. And again, that's not a criticism of anybody. I think, you know, we can write useful test questions. But the more deliberately and expertly it's done, I think the sure you can be that your ABC is making a difference. So maybe you have great instructional design skills and know how to create a successful, uh, successful learning outcomes, but you aren't really sure how to sort of map those to writing really validated test questions that are going to actually measure whether or not those learning outcomes were achieved. Um, or maybe you just want someone to review an existing training um, and assessment that you have um, to confirm that your outcomes and test questions are strong or to tweak them a bit. So I think any full-service organization, such as CASEL, should be able to assist you in the ways that you need. So whether it's developing the entire program from scratch or assisting with the different components, because I think sometimes people may realize that they don't have all the skill sets to do it, but they don't want to get caught in having to have somebody take over the control of everything, particularly if you really do have a talent in one of the areas. Like you've got a really solid, great training, but you want to develop a test on it. So I think that's um, that would be a mistake people would make is they might not come to a company to get that support for fear of sort of losing control of the project. And I think any good company out there should really be a partner in that process with them to make sure that the final thing is just as um, strong and effective as possible. Well, so the next question I want to ask you to put on your uh, 
your future goggles and, and ask what's on the horizon for ABCs. Or if you want to, if you prefer to talk about, you know, credentialing more broadly, that's okay, too. I'm just curious if there are any big developments or, or changes that you think we're going to see in the next few years. Well, a couple of things, I think. And again, I don't know that I have those uh, great future trend goggles on, but just sort of what I anticipate from where I sit. Um, I do think data and measurement is going to just increasingly come become more important. It's already important in so many areas, not just in training. And it's going to, uh, training's not going to be um, free of that in terms of really collecting data and measuring it and d- showing effectiveness. Um Organizations involved in training and education um, are going to just have to be able to, I think, show that more and more. And I think ABCs, because of that, will become an increasingly popular tool um, to help them. Um, A development I would personally like to see, in addition to the increased use of tools by supervisors for coaching, is staggering the delivery of the assessment itself. Mm. Um, right now, a lot of uh, the training industry sort of, you know, you, you take the training and then you take your test. And one of the things that I'd sort of like to encourage is to kind of stagger that. Um, it's been shown in research that knowledge is retained better when people keep reviewing the material. Um, and so people who don't take their assessment right away have to continue to study so that they'll be ready when they actually do take their test. Mm -hmm. And the more the content's reviewed, the more likely it is to get into that longer-term memory and by default be used by them later because they actually retain it. I think we all remember when uh, we were in high school or college when we crammed for that test, you know, pulled that all-nighter and crammed, and we probably did really well on the test. But speaking for myself, I couldn't have told you much about the material probably even two days later. (laughs) So I would like to see use of delayed assessments is another way to improve outcomes as, you know, something, uh, a change in the industry over the next few years. Well, I think that's a really interesting idea that either delaying entirely or staggering the the assessment and so that it, it naturally then builds in this need to review, which will then contribute to the overall learning. That sounds great. Yeah. And, and so this is the next to last question, and it's one that we like to ask everyone that we interview for the Leading Learning Podcast. You know, here you are, you're, you're deeply immersed in all of this uh, training and learning and testing, but, you know, how do you approach your own lifelong learning? <laughs> That's a good question. I know I talk to like, you know, people who do housekeeping for a living and it's like, how can you go home and clean your own house after <laughs> doing that all day? So I appreciate that question. Um, there's a quote by a man named Brian Herbert that says, the capacity to learn is a gift. The ability to learn is a skill and the willingness to learn is a choice. And so I try to be willing to learn in everything that I do. So even if there isn't the time to sort of go do my professional development, which I love and uh, try to do at least once a year, I'm still on a regular basis seeking feedback and sort of trying to adjust how I do things to be more successful. Well, that sounds great, right? So mindset is is key to, yeah. to learning. And then final question, if listeners would like to know more about you or connect with you, um, where would you have them look? Well, if they go to castleworldwide.com, 
Uh, they can review information on ABC specifically by just searching for that in the search line, and you can either type out assessment-based certificates or that ABC will work. And there you'll find an article that sort of goes into more detail about ABCs, and it also has links to other resources um, for people that they might be interested in. I'd also recommend and encourage them to click on um, our Solutions tab on our website and select Learning Solutions. And there we have information about sort of our process as well as some uh, sample e-learning in our portfolio. And one of them specifically was developed to show how we converted a training to be a better ABC. So that might give them some real concrete sort of visuals about sort of somebody that came in with an existing training and how we sort of tried to apply some better instructional design and assessment skills to that particular piece. And listeners are also... uh, encouraged to reach out to me directly as they prefer, and that is R-G-A-U-L-T hyphen W-I-N-T-O-N at castleworldwide.com. And we do plan to add a page soon where people can take advantage of a a free 30 to 45-minute consultation with me. So I encourage them to check the website and check back if it's not up when they do so. Well, great. Thank you so much for your time today, Robin. It was great talking with you. I really appreciate the time, too, to kind of share some of the information and to reach out to that larger audience of my peers. Thanks. That wraps up our interview with Robin Galt-Winton. As we're exiting, we want to say thanks once again to Castle, a full-service certification and licensure testing company that also offers its clients a variety of learning solutions capabilities and, of course, can also help you with something like an assessment-based certificate. To find out more about Castle's custom learning solutions, go to leadinglearning.com slash castle. To get show notes for this episode, go to leadinglearning.com slash episode 84. While you're there, you'll see various options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you're getting value out of the podcast and you aren't already subscribed, we would be truly grateful if you would subscribe. We'd also be grateful, as always, if you would take just a minute to go over and give us a rating on iTunes. All you got to do is direct your browser to leadinglearning.com slash iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. It helps us know that you value the podcast, and it also helps others find the podcast when they're searching on iTunes. We also hope you will consider telling others about the podcast. You can send out a tweet by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, or if tweeting isn't your thing, or you want to spread the good word using words of your own choice, feel free. We just hope that you will share the Leading Learning Podcast with others. So thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast.